carried a burden for too long on my own. I wasn't created to bear it alone. I hear your invitation to let it all go. see like a packed house this morning. We hadn't seen that in uh, a year. So thank you for coming out this morning as we celebrate the, the rising of our Savior, and we're so glad that you've come to worship with us this morning. In about five minutes, the service is going to start, but we want to just kind of give you a warning before we get going. Uh, when the countdown is over, the room will go dark for a little bit. So just kind of, if you'll make your way to your seats over the next five minutes, uh, that would be great. And uh, if not, yeah, good luck finding a seat. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's going to be dark. So let me pray for us, and we're going to begin our time this morning. God, we're so grateful for today. Um, 
And grateful is really not even the appropriate word to use. Uh, but God, today is today. We, we celebrate the fact that we have hope and we have peace and we have eternal life with you because of the price that Jesus paid on the cross. And today we celebrate the fact that he's not dead anymore, uh, that he is alive. And for those of us who are your children, he's alive in us. So, God, we celebrate this morning, and I pray that this time would be a time of encouragement, a time of challenge, but, God, most of all, a time for us just to look up to you and remember what you've done for us. God, we love you, and we celebrate you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Over and over 
Careful, mind your head, and watch your step. Ouch! The yeah. floor here can be very yeah. uneven. Did not see that coming. Ouch. It's so dark in here. Yeah. And it smells. Ugh. Let's stop right over here for a moment so you can get your eyes adjusted. You can wander around the immediate area, but please be careful not to wander off. And stay where you can see my light. And please, sir, don't use the flashlight on your phones. Oh. It's too bright and can damage the artwork. Meg, stay close. Yes, it's very important not to wander off. Why am I going to fall into the great abyss? <laughs> no, no danger of that. This isn't an Indiana Jones adventure. A who? <laughs> I'll explain that to you later. <laughs> okay. The real danger is getting lost, though. This area of the catacombs is the longest and biggest. These pathways go on for miles and miles, and were the final resting place of thousands of early Christians. As we walk, I'll explain some of the artwork you're going to see. Did you know that the art in these catacombs and the ones in Jerusalem date back to the first century? This is the first Christian art ever created. It's very primitive. Well, the art is simplistic and is not intended to be realistic. It is important to remind you of something. So the art on the walls triggers maybe a moment or a story that the pictures depict. So, for example, take a cross. It can be dra drawn very simple or very ornate. But what is important is what it reminds you of about what happened on that cross. And also, remember the material they're working with. This whole system is made up of volcanic rock. Wait, we're in a volcano? Well, sort of. Like most ancient cities, there are many levels. The Romans used this volcanic rock to build architectural marvels, as well as down here in the catacombs. Here, fill it. Oh, wow. That is so light. Yes. The rock is very porous and light. Um, have you been to the Dome of the Pantheon yet? Oh, yes. And Trevi Fountain, and the Forum, and the Colosseum, all yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> then you know that the dome was constructed of volcanic rock, yeah, just right. like this. It's very porous and lightweight when it's first exposed to air, but feel it. Dig your fingernails into it. It's very hard. Oh, yes. As hard as a rock. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. This rock, when exposed to air, becomes very hard, but still very lightweight. Later on, there's a place where you can fill it for yourselves. I'll show it to you. Let's move on. You'll begin to notice some of the artwork you're going to see, like the praising woman, um, the three young Hebrews. Does anyone know the story of the three young men who were thrown into the furnace? Oh, yeah. That's uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Nebuchadnezzar had them thrown into a fiery furnace because they refused to worship the Babylonian gods. But God, the, the one true God, sent an angel into the furnace and he brought them out unharmed. That's right. And there are many other stories among the rock. For example, 
Jonah and the big fish, the feeding of the 5,000, and many others. But do you know what all these stories have in common? Well, I mean, they worshipped the one true God. Well, that's true. But there's one theme that runs throughout most of this art. Deliverance. Many of these pictures represent current icons of the Christian faith, such as the Greek fish with the letters ichthys embedded in it, the alpha and omega, the Rho and Chi, the Good Shepherd, and hundreds of others. The artwork here represents faithful Christians. Um, let's see. What can you tell me about the catacombs? Let's see. They're full of dead people. <laughs> well, it's true. This is mostly a cemetery, right? Well, isn't this where the Christians fled in persecution during Nero's time? Actually, no. Oh. They didn't hide from anyone down here. <laughs> Everyone knew about this place. This was mostly a place of celebration. And Meg, there are no more bodies down here. Most of them were removed by loved ones or, unfortunately, by grave robbers who ransacked the area. Ugh. But do you see what looks like shelves? Yeah, they actually kind of look like military bunk beds. Right. So they would place each body inside the shelf area and seal it with a type of volcanic rock and a form of plaster. So the bodies were sealed permanently inside the rock. Interesting. Um, let's see. Oh, but... The important thing to note is that all of these catacombs in this area are primarily of those of the Christian faith. And the way you can tell is by the artwork. Ugh, this place is creepy. I don't like it down here. Well, we just have one more area to see. A big family crypt. Uh, Mom, can I just stay back here? I won't move from this spot. I'll wait for you guys. I, I don't think it's very safe. Yeah, you really, there's nothing to be afraid of. It's not that. Please, can I just stay? Well, it's okay if she wants to stay. She'll be able to hear our voices and see our lights, and this area is very well lit. Um, but if you get afraid, you be sure to holler. We'll only be gone about 10 or 15 minutes. <sighs> I'm not afraid. I just want to sit down and listen to my music. Okay, well, let's hurry back so we can, we, we can get back. Okay, if you stay here, you don't touch anything. Oh, and watch your head! And no flashes. Got it. There ain't no grave. There ain't no grave. It's gonna hold my body down. Be careful, don't drop the plate. <laughs> what are you doing? Who are you and where did you come from? Uh, me Diana, are you okay? Who's this? Um, I'm here with my family. You're not alone, are you? Me? What about you? We were here at our uncle's chamber. It's over that way. Well, I'm sorry for your loss. Wait a minute. When did he die? Uh, a few days ago. But that can't be. I thought no one else was buried here anymore. And you guys don't look very sad. We're not. He's with Jesus. Really? Yes, really. We're Christians. We believe. Are you? Well, I always thought so. Being a Christ follower is the only way we can celebrate our uncle's death. We know that we'll see him again, but better than that. And that makes you happy? Yes, well, I'll be with Jesus forever and ever. Come, Diana. We really need to go now. We have to get home before it gets dark. Why? Because it's dangerous for Christians to be out after dark. What's your name, anyway? M my name's Meg. I'm Richard, and this is my sister, Diana. I hope you find your family. Thanks. They, uh, they just went that way. Are you guys down here alone? 
Uh, yeah, we just had a meal in our uncle's chamber. My mother forgot her plate, so we came back to get it. See, you guys really were celebrating. We're dead people all around. But they're not dead. They really aren't. And Diana wanted to draw this special picture on the chamber wall over there. Oh yeah, from when Jesus fed the 5,000. You know the story? Yeah, it's amazing. Look around. The chamber is full of amazing stories. Come, Diana. We really need to go now. Meg, two and meet again. On the other side, ready, set, go! <laughs> Bye! What in the world? Meg, are you okay? I heard you screaming. Meg, what yeah. happened? Yeah, I'm fine. Um, where's the guide? She was I'm here! When was the last time someone was buried here? Oh, probably in the early 1400s or so. Why? Why here? Well, in the Christian tradition, bodies were entombed. Remember when you were at the Forum and you saw the pyre where Caesar was burned? Mm -hmm. They were basically cremated. But Christians... Yeah, Christians. Christians literally believed in a resurrected body. Right. Hmm. And since there is no ground around here to bury them under, they had to go under the city and under the streets. Most of the ancient cities were built on basic catacombs. Do people come and visit the people who died here a long time ago? Hmm. Probably not. The Catholic Church guards the entrances of the catacombs to protect their integrity. They sometimes have a special mass or ceremony from time to time, but no funerals or celebrations. And they weren't very sad about burying their loved ones, were they? Probably not, because of their faith. Even then? Well, especially then. Well, why especially then? I think I know why. Yes, go on. Okay. So... The people who were burying their loved ones were very excited, actually, because their loved one was going to be face-to-face -face with Jesus. We say that we believe that, but they really believe it. And, you know, people witnessed it. The feeding of the 5,000, these weren't just stories to them. They were first-hand accounts. 5,000 people witnessed Jesus feeding them with two fish and five loaves. So they really believed in all of it. Yeah, like kids. Huh. Yeah. Did they ever have any uh, celebrations or family gatherings back then? Yes, as a matter of fact, they did. They often would come down here to celebrate with members of their family surrounded by the memories of their loved ones. So it really happened. These aren't just some stories handed down through the years. God's real. Your daughter seems to have had an epiphany while she was down here alone. Did she ever tell you why she was screaming or who she was talking to? She never said. Diana and Richard were real. I know it. And they love Jesus. You can't fake that. I have a picture. I took that picture. There's someone there. I can see it. That's Diana. Mom, Dad, wait up. You gotta see this. In First Thessalonians, Paul wrote that we shouldn't, as believers, mourn as those who have no hope. And the answer to the question why is found in the story that we celebrate together today. This is the story. The next day on the Sabbath, the leading priests and Pharisees went to see Pilate, and they told him, Sir, we remember what the deceiver once said while he was alive. After three days, I will rise from the dead. So we request that you seal the tomb until the third day. This will present, prevent his disciples from coming and stealing his body and then telling everybody he was raised from the dead. If that happens, we're going to be worse off than we were at first. Pilate replied, Then take guards and secure it the best you can. So they sealed the tomb, and they posted guards to protect it. It was Saturday evening when the Sabbath ended. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salami, went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. And on the way, they were asking each other, who's going to roll away the stone for us at the entrance of the tomb? Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. 
For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and rolled the stone aside and sat on it. His face shone it like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear as they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. It was very early on Sunday morning when the women arrived at the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found that the stone had already been rolled away from the entrance, so they went in. But they didn't find the body of Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for somebody who's alive? He isn't here. He's risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. When they remembered that he had said this, they rushed back from the tomb to tell the eleven disciples and everyone else what had happened. Mary ran, and she found Simon Peter and the other disciple and told them what they had found. Peter and the other disciple started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there with the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. When the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, he saw and believed. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. And as they talked to discuss these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about the things that have happened here the last few days. What things, Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of, the fo of his followers were at the tomb early this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said that his body was missing and that they had seen angels who told them that Jesus was actually alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, You foolish people! You find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the Scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, exclaiming, explaining all of the Scriptures, the things concerning himself. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus and at the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he were going on, but they begged him, Stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went home with them. And as they sat down to eat, he took bread and he blessed it. Then he broke it and he gave it to them. And suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. Then Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showered them, uh, uh, the, uh, showed them, I'm sorry, the wounds in his hands and his side, and they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again he said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I now send you. One of the twelve disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, We have seen the Lord, but he replied, I won't believe it unless I personally see the nails in his hands, and I put my fingers in them and place my hands into the wound on his side. It was eight days later that the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was actually with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer, Thomas. Believe. My Lord and my God, he exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you've seen me, but blessed are those who believe without seeing me. The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. The Apostle Paul actually makes a bold statement. You might hear a pastor say, even if this turns out to be wrong, at least we will have lived good lives. But that was not the opinion of the Apostle Paul who wrote this from 1 Corinthians. I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. 
Christ died for our sins, just as the Scripture said. He was buried, and then he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the Scripture said. He was seen by Peter, and then by the twelve, and after that he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James, and later by all the rest of the apostles. And last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him, for I am the least of all the apostles. If Christ had not been raised, then our preaching is useless, and our faith is useless. And we apostles would all be lying about God, for we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is actually useless. You're still guilty in your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are actually lost. And if our hope in Christ is only in this life, we are to be more pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. So you see, Jesus was not merely a historical figure or a great teacher of love or morality. Jesus Christ was actually the Savior offering forgiveness and salvation to all mankind. This holiday isn't just about a resurrected good person. It was about Jesus, God's Son, keeping His promise, a different thing than any other great preacher had ever done. He had victory over death.
All right, see y'all later. Go home. Oh, man. Woo. That was fun. So good to see your faces. All you guys remember, you, of course you do, because it was COVID. We had to do this last year with an empty room. Like, there was nobody in the room, and we're just singing, and they're all you on the internet watching. So good to see your faces. So good to hear your voices. John, that was for you. Uh, <laughs> we're going to sing some songs. We're going to worship. We're going to praise. So we invite you guys to stand and do that with us. Alone in my sorrow and death. Lost without your love. Ash was a dear.
you give life, you are Lord. scripture. It's not going to be on the, the screen, so you don't have to see. 5, 6 through 11. I just want you to listen. Listen to what's said. When we were utter, utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, uh, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Listen to this. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, 
do you notice the past tense? We've been made right. It's done. You're already right. You've been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ. He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our relationship with God was restored by the death of His Son, while we were still His enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. So now we can rejoice. Right? Now we can rejoice. And our That's what this is all about. This is why it matters. Why does this matter? Why do we gather? Why do we make a decision about it? This is it. This is why you're made right. Past tense. Done. Accept it. Move on. And now we rejoice. Now we rejoice because we are friends of God.
From heaven's throne you came to and said, Open We got one more song we're going to do. This is going to be a new song to you. Um, I think you're going to catch on to it real quick. Uh, but I'm going to need you to take some deep breaths. I'm going to need you to probably stand up, maybe get a wide stance. <laughs> this is going to take a lot out of you. It's going to take a lot out of me. We're not just doing this with a cold. I need you to stand up on your feet. We're going to teach you a new song. It basically takes Romans 8. It takes the whole chapter of Romans 8 and walks us through it. And uh, we just declare at the end of the course that we're sisters, we're brothers, we're children of God. We're not slaves. We're not slaves. He's given us new names. We're children of God. 
There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. The law of good you know what's wrong with that song it's all scripture i mean that is you just stole that from paul oh yeah that's what easter is supposed to be like right from the beginning of our service to the end one of the things that uh just an observer i think a lot of times we celebrate easter and it may we make it okay this is going to sound really weird so stay with me we make it just about the historical fact of the resurrection but we don't ever answer why does it matter and from the beginning uh, the sketch that Nancy wrote about how they celebrated the death of brothers and sisters back in the day because the blessed hope of the church is being with Jesus. And as a child of God and man, this last year has been a year of fear. I forgot we didn't have Easter service here last year. That was weird. I, I, I remember we, I preached last year to an empty room, except there's a bunch of smart aleck worship people out there going, you couldn't see them. But the, but the truth is, you guys, we don't have to fear the scariest thing we ever face, and that's death. Because as a child of God, we get to go be with him, precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his saints, Scripture says. And I, I know that doorway is scary, but that's what we're celebrating. But then on top of it, we have a life to live. 
We have allowed, and, and me too, we allow the news, we allow our government, we allow persecution and suffering and mockings to, to dictate our joy, and then we start reacting. But do you realize we don't even have to let that affect our joy? We celebrated the resurrected Christ, and this afternoon we're going to eat really bad food, probably ham, which is, again, weird to eat on the, cell, on the resurrection of a Jewish Messiah, but okay, we're good. I know some of you going, that's why we do brisket. Did you drain the blood first? I just want to know. I mean, there's a lot to that, but we'll talk about that on another time. But, but I want to listen. The, the answer, okay, Christian, if, first of all, if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you don't have a personal relationship with him, not a religious relationship, but a personal one, then, then you can enjoy the music and stuff. And, and Johnny Cash was with us. Man, you killed that. I think you're better than Johnny. I know, I just ruined it. But the, the, the fact is, the fact is, if you don't know Jesus Christ, it's not about going to church. It's about knowing hope. And, and this song, you can have fun and your heart can beat and you can enjoy laughter, but you, you still go home and, and there's no hope. Please accept Jesus Christ's offer to forgive you. Uh, live in joy of the Lord. And, and brothers and sisters, now I want to talk to you because I, I do want to say this is our holiday. This is the believer's holiday. If you're not a Christian, this really isn't your holiday. It's just about a guy who made great claims, who actually did supernatural things. But if you don't bow the knee, this really doesn't affect you all that much. So Christians, this is our holiday. And, and I want to tell you that Paul actually told us in Colossians how this should affect our life. And I'm just going to read it for you, and then we're done. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Not the next political leader that's going to save our country. Not, not your next wife or your next husband or the kid or your better job or the nicer house. But set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth. We've been putting too much energy into this. Think about the things in heaven. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in his glory. So put to death earthly things uh, lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for the greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of the world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. And you used to do these things with your life when it was still part of this world, but now the time is, it, it's time to get rid of anger and rage and malicious behavior and slander and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you've stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. But put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave, free, rich, poor, educated, uneducated, black, white, green, blue. doesn't matter what your past sins are. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in us. Amen. The resurrected power of Jesus Christ is inside of us in the person of the Holy Spirit. So since God chose you to be a holy uh, people he loves, clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And we're not always seen that way by the world. But we need to put those things on. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you forgive others. I love that. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you're called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all of its riches fill your lives. Teach, counsel each other with the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him through God the Father. Happy Resurrection Sunday, family. Thank you, Father, for coming back. Thank you for rising from the dead. Thank you for keeping your word. And thank you for good-tasting food. Amen. Go have fun, Christians. Go have fun. Happy Easter.